Welcome to the Fire and Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Sorrow. I believe in taking massive, inspired action from an awakened soul. This show is a weekly dose of spiritual principles, personal development, and success strategies for creating an epically aligned life. Here's to your wildest dreams coming true with less hustle, grit and grind, more flow, ease, and grace. I'm the founder of the Live Video Mastery Academy, a TV host, speaker, best-selling author, and proud fur mama, and I'll be sharing real talks with successful entrepreneurs, thought leaders, best-selling authors, spiritual luminaries, and high-performance experts in this unfiltered, transformational, and soul-centered podcast. Things are about to get real. Are you ready? Let's get started. Well, hey there, and welcome back to the Fire and Soul podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. If you're brand new to the show, this is Inspired Action from an Awakened Soul, and uh, it's all about getting everyone out of your comfort zone and into inspired action, which oftentimes requires just a little bit of bravery one step at a time. And uh, I'm really excited to say that this is our 94th episode, and it just gets better and better. You know, I always say that action breeds clarity, and that is certainly true with this show. Where I started and where I am today and the, the depth of the conversations is really speaking to you. And so I just want to thank you, first of all, for tuning in and taking the time to tune in and to share it with friends and to leave reviews. You know, reviews on Apple, for example, Apple Podcasts, formerly known as iTunes, is one of the most effective ways for us to grow this podcast community. It's a way for us to get even, you know, more guests for you and uh, a way for other people to find the show because they really rely on your feedback. And I wanted to share a couple of reviews that have come in in this past couple of days that have really touched me. And I just want to give a shout out of gratitude, starting with uh, Nalco, who titles it Amazing Five Stars. Thank you, Nalco. She says, Michelle is warm, brilliant, and brave. She's impacted my life for the better significantly. Her message has given me the courage to take opportunities to the next level and to take action to grow. I'm so grateful. Thank you, Nalco. You're such a beautiful soul. DJ Gibby. It's so funny, you guys. He was actually a guest on this show. I know his name. So when I saw it pop up on Apple a couple of days ago, I was like, oh my goodness, Daniel Gibson left me a review. And I didn't ask for it uh, from him and he did it. And so I want to share with you what he wrote because this is someone that I've known for 26 years. And you know what they say, like the strangers and the people that you don't know on social media are oftentimes the first to, you know, applaud what you do or to stand up for what you do. And then friends and family are a distant, distant, like fifth or sixth. So to get something like this from him in writing unsolicited really touches my heart. So Daniel, if you're listening, thank you. I love you. And you're one of my absolute favorite guests on the show. If you guys didn't hear that, it's just a few episodes back. He writes, his subject is just what the doctor ordered. Five stars. Michelle, your love and light for helping others shines bright like a diamond through the airwaves. I'm moved by your wisdom compassion, and authenticity. Keep up the amazing work. You are helping us out here find our way. Oh, so beautiful. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Nalco. And there's some other beautiful reviews. You know, uh, if you feel inclined, if you've gleaned any value from this show, any insight, any ahas, and I would love a review as well. Five stars is always appreciated. And you can just head on over to apple.com 
search Fire and Soul Podcast. I'll even put it up in the show resources on my website at fireandsoulpodcast.com. And under this episode, you can see the link to quickly and easily add a review if you feel so inclined. It means so much to me. And so we are now moving into part two. As my follow-up from Rhythmia Life Advancement Center, I had a part one as my follow-up from attending Rhythmia at the end of 2019. I was actually there in November of 2019, and it was my first and only time sipping the plant medicine ayahuasca. And uh, that first episode as a follow-up was just last week. It was called Rise Up, a follow-up from Rhythmia with uh, their creative director and head of business development, and my dear friend, John Jacob Mubarak. They, they do these weekly conversations with some really incredible global game changers. I was so honored to be invited, called Rise Up, Evolutionary Conversations. When he invited me, it was just this full circle moment because for the past couple of months, I've had this thought of, you know, I really want to hop on the mic and I want to share what my experience has been like six months after sipping ayahuasca four nights in a row. Well, you know, with COVID and all of the current events, I got a little waylaid, but here I am about seven and a half months later, uh, giving you a follow-up in part two. And my intention is to bring John Jacob Mubarak, who's the person that interviewed me last week that we shared that interview here on this podcast with you all. And I got a lot of incredible feedback on that. So thank you so much. I'm glad that this is really resonating. And I'll tell you why I'm doing these follow-ups. Number one, it was a life-changing experience for me, completely transformational. Um, and I'm going to share some of that and and why and how that's revealed itself seven and a half months later. But also what I was shocked by is when I released an episode as I returned home from Rhythmia with one of the co-founders and chief medical officer, Dr. Jeff McNary, last year, it was my top download of the year by a mile. And that completely surprised me because I did not know that you, my podcast community, would be interested in learning all about the plant medicine because it's not something that I thought I was even interested in. And I go into a lot of that detail on those episodes. So you can circle back to the end of 2019. It was in November and I did three different episodes, one with him and then one with the other co-founder, Gerald Powell, known as Jerry Powell. And uh, it was his sippings of ayahuasca and his encounters with Mrs. Moon, where Rhythmia came to be. And it just so happened that uh, his doctor and then now partner, they, they co-founded Rhythmia, which is just an incredible transformational space. And then I did a solo episode and I recounted vivid details of what Mama Ayahuasca, as she's referred to as, showed me in my four nights of ceremonies. So here I am to reflect on the last seven and a half months of my life. And I want to just recap with something that when you go into the Maloka, which is this beautiful sacred place where you sip the plant medicine and it's well staffed with shamans everywhere and support team and a medical, you know, medical officers outside in an ambulance, literally ready to take anyone if, if anyone is in some serious health issues, although they've never had to utilize those services, but they're there for safety. And for me, that meant a lot because I went in really scared. But when you get in the Maloka, this very sacred space, and you are settling in and you get in your little bed and you've got your little bucket, you know, for your uh, purging and a little roll of toilet paper for wiping up <laughs> and a blanket and a little pillow. I remember looking at these three beautiful wood plaques 
that were prominent on the wall just above the windows that overlooked the beautiful lush landscaping. It was just an incredible experience in terms of how it felt. The environment was, it just felt soul enriching. Just from the moment that you step in there, so like you calm all the senses of any anxiety or fear or worries and doubts. That's the beginning of it. But the three plaques are basically the pathway to getting the miracle that Rhythmia basically promises. They have about a 94, 95% success rate in terms of getting the miracle, which is the third plaque that I'll talk to you about in a second. And then they report that 97.5% of the people who attend Rhythmia six months later, just like I'm sharing with you here, but it's even a little bit more extended, report that those miracles sustained that is phenomenal. So it's not one of those things where you go and attend like this epic seminar or epic event. And, you know, a week later or a month later, you've kind of forgotten what you got and life is back to what it was before. That's not the case for 97.5% of the people that go to Rhythmia. So I just wanted to say that up front, but what the three signs say in, in the Maloka are show me who I've become. Then the second sign is merge me back with my soul at all cost. And the third sign is heal my heart. And that's a wonderful thing to just always allow your gaze to come back to because they're the questions that you're supposed to ask in the beginning of when you're, you know, you're first sipping the plant medicine. And it really helped me a lot. And I'm not going to lie. I had no problem, although scared, but no problem with the show me who I've become because I knew that what they say in the orientation classes and all the workshops is what's coming is going. In other words, what's coming up for you to see in your journeys, because everybody's going to have a very different journey, just like we all have very different lives and internal noises and voices and limiting beliefs and, you know, our old traumas as benign or traumatic as they really are. All of it has informed who we've become with what they refer to as a split soul somewhere around four and five years old. Again, you can refer back to the earlier episode specifically with Dr. Jeff McNary, and you can learn more about that from a medical point of view. And so show me who I've become wasn't that challenging for me to ask. It was the second question of merge me back with my soul at all costs. I remember saying, merge me back with my soul, but I like did not say at all costs because I wanted a gentle journey. And I got two gentle journeys out of the four and two of the other four or two and the other two were absolutely harrowing, but it's what I needed to see because it's, it was mama ayahuasca's way of showing me who I've become. But then that final beautiful sign of heal my heart is where all the magic is. And that's where you get the transformation. So just like I'm emotional because I'm so humbled by the plant medicine's wisdom. I'm also humbled by the courage that it takes to sip it and to go into the wild unknown and to see things that sometimes are really hard to see. However, I will say that the plant medicine was really honoring of my request to go gently, to go lightly, to go lovingly. And so she gave me what I needed and what was coming was going. And as I was thinking about what I was going to share with you, I realized that there were three major themes in the course of the four nights of sipping the plant medicine. And the first biggest theme, and I'm going to go into details on these, was forgive. It was all around forgiveness because I couldn't get access to merging my soul if I couldn't let go of the pain that had been holding me back or that I allowed to inform some chronic stories that were causing me great pain. And then the second theme was 
facing my fears. And there's so much in there that I can't wait to unpack with you in this episode. And the third one was simply love. And that was all around my heart being healed. So I'm going to break that down. It's not necessarily going to be as linear um, as everything falling under those three themes, but I just want you to keep those in mind. It was really powerful. So forgive, face your fears and love. I mean, what more do we really need to be doing in life, really? So the very first night of the journey, and I talk about this um, very vividly in my third episode at the end of last year, 2019, where I was recapping every vivid detail in my solo episode of part three of that series. So the first thing that needed to happen is I had to see that my mother was the most precious soul in my life. And I was shown some images and it just it felt like videos and movies. I mean, it's very real. You're in the experience as if it's happening now. And I was just showed all of the magic and all of the love and all of the connection that we've always had, but that I could easily dismiss because it didn't look like how I thought it should look, right? That whole expectation versus just appreciation thing in life. And so I was shown very clearly that I must seize every moment with her and that I I also needed to contribute to her in ways that that she may realize she needs. And even if she didn't realize it or tried to stave me off on those things, like let's say financial contribution, um, as well as quality time contribution, which is super important for both of us. It's our top love language. By the way, if you haven't done the love languages quiz, that's a little segue, but pretty damn awesome to know yourself and to know the people that you care about so that you can speak their language and really connect at the deepest level. So knowing that my mom's was quality time and and getting to see some images of how how I could have dismissed her in the past or been too busy because I was so busy for so long that I didn't really seize the moment. And knowing that she was going through a divorce at that time very unexpectedly and her heart was still sad. And quite frankly, and she'll share about this publicly, when she went to Rhythmia, she wasn't certain that she wanted to live. And she was very okay with that. She was 72 years old. She felt on a lot of levels complete and her heart was sad. Her heart was broken, but yet she was also somewhat at peace with knowing that everything was happening for her, never to her. But I think there was this sort of apathy for life. She was just so unsure of whether or not she wanted to start all over again and what that would entail. And did she have the energy and the vitality and the drive to do anything really different than what she really wanted to be doing, which is relaxing into life and easing into this next chapter. And and that scared me. And I had to come to terms with my mom and I will remain connected eternally no matter what. And I had to give that up the first night very clearly. And it was in that releasing of my attachment of her being in the physical form, knowing that we would always have a connection that would live beyond the physical realm, that it freed me up to see, oh, well, no matter how long she's on this planet, if I get her for three more days, if I get her for 24 more hours, or if I get her for 24 more years, I have to seize every moment. And I'm really happy to report that I have. And what's so cool, and first of all, she's thriving. I asked her recently, if you could describe one word as to how your life is now, you know, going through this divorce, being single, living on your own again, what would that word be? And her word was freedom. And I said, if you could go back and the woman that my stepfather fell in love with and now is getting married to, would you? And she said, no, no, I love my life. And she's trying on new things. She's getting into service. She's exercising again. She's getting her health in order. She's so inspiring. 
And recently I got to live with her, me, my dog, my two cats and my bike and everything I needed to live with her for eight days while my place was being remodeled. We were just in such harmony and such flow. And, and that really spoke to the transformation of our journey, especially looking back two and a half years ago when I first attended the seminar that woke my soul up, Date with Destiny. And if you've been listening to the show at all, then you know that story. And I've talked about it many, many times in here, but I used to run an old story around my parents and specifically my mom didn't even really like me. And it was difficult to be around her. None of that was true. And I shared a little bit about that in my follow-up conversation with John Jacob last week in that episode, episode number uh, 93. But none of that was true. And I was shown very clearly how untrue that was. And so I made a vow at Date with Destiny and then declared it to her within 24 hours of returning home to Los Angeles. I said, I will never take my love away from you again. And I would say that by 99%, I have kept my promise. There's always going to be that 1% where it's like five seconds of like, oh my goodness. And that's life. But I'm able to snap back so fast that it almost as if it didn't exist. So we've been in flow. We've been in harmony. We've been in connection. And that is really, truly beautiful. And so that was part of the love theme, I would say. And I've just been really enjoying our connection and really making sure that we get quality time. I've spent more time with her during this pandemic than anyone by far. And we've gone on early morning bike rides. We've been meditating. We've been having deep talks. I've learned more about her in the past few weeks, even than I ever have in my life. I'm asking her questions. I didn't want to assume that I knew her. So I'm very, very moved by that, but I was shown that first. That is where your number one priority is in terms of creating that kind of a connection with your mother. The second piece that came in that same first night was, was I had to forgive my stepdad. It didn't come in the form of that. It was really harrowing. It was really dark. I, I had to go to the pain of what it was like to see my mom go through the shock and the pain of her husband, the man that she thought was the love of her life and that she would marry and grow old with forever, uh, leave her for a woman my age and now be engaged to her. And so I had to witness all of that. But not only was I in such sadness for my mom, but I had my own sadness. He was what I considered my hero, my protector, my provider on so many levels. He was, you know, I love my biological dad and we're quite close, but my stepfather represented all the the needs that didn't get met from my, from my dad. And so we just had a very, very close connection from the moment that I met him and we would talk regularly. And, and so to lose him, not only in my life, but then also as, as in my mother's in my mother's life, it was heartbreaking. And I'm sure so many of you can relate to situations like that. And so I had to go through the pain because I did not want to forgive him. I was holding on tight. But Mama Ayahuasca actually put me into his body and showed me the shame that he carries. And he was just, he, he was slumped over and he was just wrecked with shame and remorse and guilt and sadness And when I got to experience that inside his body, I mean, if you have any ounce of empathy or compassion, you just would never wish that on anyone. You know, really, you just wouldn't. If you're slightly woke at all, you just would never wish that kind of pain on on anybody that you ever cared for. And so that felt like a year-long journey, and I don't even know how long it was. Maybe it was an hour or two hours. But through the process of that, I realized that if I completely let go of that expectation that 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 story was supposed to end any other way than what it did, then I would be holding on to the pain. It would be my own story. And so it was really beautiful because as I was able to clean that up and completely forgive Mama Ayahuasca, actually, it was like a zippering of my heart. 
And I knew that I was clean and we were clear and I would never have to revisit the pain and the anger and the rage and the blame on him ever again. See, because that story informed my lifelong story of how will I ever trust a man to not betray me? And I ran those chronic stories. So when she healed my heart in that area, it actually healed so many stories around that. And that's another podcast for another time. I'm all around that because I know so many of us carry that fear of loving, that fear of trusting, that fear of being hurt, and it just doesn't serve us. And so I'm happy to report (laughs) that I have never once experienced any blame or anger or rage on my stepfather since Rhythmia. We haven't had a conversation and for that, I wish it were different, but I just know that it's clean and it's clear. And if I ever did run into him or if he ever did reach out, I would be very open to a connection in this new reality that we now have. And I wish him well. And I don't, I don't wish him to carry any of that shame ever because it's just, it's just not the highest version of myself that I truly want to live by. So that was really beautiful. So that was you know, all around the forgiveness and the love theme. Then there was a huge theme around body image. I mean, I was, I was really shown the loathing and the annihilating thoughts that I had around my body image. And I've shared with uh, you guys here on a couple of different episodes that I met Panash Desai at Rhythmia. I don't know how I had never heard of him, but I hadn't. But you know how it goes when the student is ready, the teacher appears. He was a guest at Rhythmia. He's also a guest speaker. There about two times a year, and he's been on Super Soul Sunday, and he's now my spiritual mentor for this year. But he was invited as a friend of Jack Canfield's, who was the person who invited me, and to join this private party at Rhythmia. And so, Panash Desai, on the final full day of Rhythmia, I asked him for a healing around my body dysmorphia that had plagued me my entire life. And he did heal me. He held my hand for five minutes, and that was a whole process that I explained vividly in that other episode that I mentioned. And I'm going to tell you, that my body dysmorphia is gone. And I want to say about 85 to 90% on a daily basis. There's still some. And what's so interesting is that through COVID, I actually put on about, mm, about seven or eight pounds at the peak of already a little bit of weight gain from the beginning of the year. Actually at the peak, it was maybe 12 pounds from where I started at the beginning of the year. And even as I had all, and I've now taken off 11 of those, by the way, which I'm very, very proud of, just by cleaning up my diet, no alcohol, no sugar, no dairy, no grains, except for a little bit of rice here and there, which I allow myself to do. It's been a game changer for me. I've been doing that for about three and a half weeks and then just exercising. Oh, it's amazing what happens when you just do the work and you're not in a rush to make it happen. But anyway, so even when I was at the peak with 12 or 13 extra pounds on, I didn't hate my body. It was crazy. It was almost like the reverse happened. Like, I love myself. And I'm still going to try to wear some of the things that were no longer fitting, but I was still trying to wear them. Anyway, so that was incredible. But I was beginning to see it night three in the Maloka, which was called the uh, Divine Feminine Night. She was showing me as she was burning my body on fire. I was literally laid out over what looked like a fire pit and there was fire coming out of me and there was fire burning me. I know that sounds intense, but that's what had to happen. Remember that first question? Show me who I've become. Remember the second question or the second statement or not the question statements. The second one is merge me back with my soul at all costs. 
We had to burn away all of that bullshit, all of those limiting beliefs, all of that pain that I had caused myself from some idea of measuring myself up and comparing myself against others, which is typically media induced, right? Which is just bananas. And I had to go through that fire to merge back with my soul. So as painful as that was, I do not regret one second of it because it allowed me to get to freedom. It allowed me to love my body. So that was a lot of forgiveness around how I had shamed my body. It was a lot of facing my fears because it was not easy to be burned alive. Yes. Although I didn't feel like the pain, but I knew I was being burned alive over a pit fire. And then it taught me how to love myself. It it taught me how to love my body and appreciate my body and to bow down in gratitude for my body. That is beautiful. The other thing that I was shown on that same night of the Divine Feminine was I was taken back several lifetimes ago. I don't know when. I'd like to actually know if I was actually a famous queen. I'm not sure. I have no idea. Maybe the next time I go to Rhythmia, because I am planning on returning, I will be shown more if I'm supposed to be. But I was shown that I was an African queen. Yes, I was an African-American, beautiful, very lean queen. And I had a very tall gold headdress with all these beautiful, precious gems, of course, like any beautiful queen would. And I was wearing a deep velvet velvet gown and high, like almost like thigh high or just above the knee lace up boots. She was a sexy queen, but she was very powerful and very benevolent. And she was one with the animals which is which is really interesting and it explains my absolute love and empathy for all animals and this crazy deep connection that I have with the three that I have, the honor of being their mama. And so all the animals of the kingdom and all of the beautiful souls that I had the honor to serve. And I was shown very clearly that this was a direct correlation to the work that I do as a heart-centered entrepreneur and transformational trainer. I had to never take for granted every single serve that I got to lead and that I get to lead and get to guide and get to, you know, help take them to their next level in their evolution of whatever their outcomes and dreams are. And so it was just this unbelievable, beautiful heart open experience where I was just crying and crying and crying of gratitude, just knowing that this was my life's mission and that it was connected to several lifetimes ago. And so I will share with you that since I've been home in the seven and a half months of my business, my business has grown exponentially. And the kind of feedback that I receive, especially in my in my training programs for Live Video Mastery, Podcast Accelerator, and Fire and the Fire and Soul Accelerator, which by the way, if you're interested in learning about Fire and Soul, I'm going to be holding a, a webinar August 13th, so it's just a few days from now, at 5 p.m. Pacific. The link will be up in the show resources. So if you're interested, just come by and check it out. But it's a six-month membership teaching you how to start and scale an online sustainable business, a high-integrity impact online. But anyway, so since I've returned, this is the effect of what that showed me and getting to live that so vividly. I have loved on the people that invest with me like never before. It's like I'm just on this wholehearted mission to empower them to be seen, to be heard, to be visible, to rise up from playing small. And that's what's so crazy is that she literally, she being Mama Ayahuasca, literally had, she. I rose up. So I really don't know if this happened physically in the Maloka that night or if it's just a part of my journey and I didn't actually physically rise up, but it it seemed like I did. And I stood up wearing the gown, of course, wearing the headdress, and I was with the power coming out of my hand saying, rise up. And as I would say that, fire 
would burst out of the end of my fingertips. And it was fire as a fire element, which I was later shown on night four at Rhythmia that my element is fire. You know, we could be one of four, right? Fire, wind, earth, or water. Well, I'm a triple air sign. So I thought for sure that I was air, but no, I'm all fire. I'm a light warrior. And I was shown all of this so vividly from my previous lives and the current work that I'm doing. So as I'm saying, rise up, my first point of of helping someone rise was Jack Canfield. And what's so crazy is that like the next day in the Maloka, I remember saying to him, show me the and I'm going to cuss here again, show me the fucking warrior that you are. Put your shoulders back and be the king that you're destined to be. And it was just so crazy. And Jack and I have had this amazing relationship ever since. But what's so beautiful is that she showed me that I would be coaching and training and collaborating with global game changers, world leaders. She also told me that it would fly in or flow in without any efforting on my part. She also showed me a number that was a number that I would generate in the next couple of years. And it was $3 million. I saw the number and it was $3 million of net income to me. And then she started showing me different resources. Well, I'm going to tell you something that's really interesting. This is why this stuff is so real, you guys. Not everyone gets these experiences, but a lot of my friends that went to Rhythmia were having similar conversations right now, including Natalie Ludwell, co-founder of Mind Movies, who also uh, was on this podcast and, and I met at Rhythmia. Now we become very close friends. John J. Jacob Mubarak, my friend Rhea Schwartz, Panash Desai, my mom, a lot of different people. We've had these similar conversations with what they got and now where life is. It's pretty amazing. But so I'm now in collaboration with Jack Canfield and I didn't go seeking out that partnership. They sought me out, which was like incredible. Jay Shetty, he's the number one podcaster in health and wellness slash spirituality on the planet. His team has reached out and we're collaborating for two of my signature courses, Live Video Mastery and the Podcast Accelerator. John Lee Dumas, he has one of the top podcasts in the world known as Entrepreneurs on Fire and a massive podcasting community. We are now in collaboration officially for my next Podcast Accelerator program that starts in September, as well as within three weeks of me coming home from Rhythmia, I was asked to train a U.S. presidential candidate which blew me away. And I trained them for, I was on a a retainer for two months. They ended up dropping out of the primary, but you never know. There may be something down the road. In fact, they said that they would like to circle back in three years. So we'll see. Pretty amazing. And I was also reached out to with a team of Kathy Ireland, the billion dollar mogul and her team all around women's empowerment, All those things happened within just these few short months of returning home from Rhythmia. It was all around rising up, not being afraid to step into my power, to own myself as a light warrior, to know that I am here to lead, to guide, and to collaborate in these joint ventures with global game changers. I had a hunch that I would get there eventually, but I didn't think it would be within a few months of returning from Rhythmia and being so new into my entrepreneurial endeavors. And I also didn't know that it would happen without any efforting on my part, that it was simply me doing the work, getting out of the way, diving in to serve those that I serve from my highest level, right from my soul that was merged and that it would make the impact that it did. And that word would get out. That is, it's just really beautiful. And it's a lesson, right? When you serve wholeheartedly like that and you do the work consistently and you show up and you're making a difference 
people will begin to share. Not unlike, I guess, what's happening with the podcast reviews, which I'm so deeply honored by. And thank you, thank you, thank you again. So those are some of the things that happen. And I'm just so grateful for all of it. But I'll tell you, facing my fears, you know, when I was considering going to Rhythmia, I was scared. So when Jack invited me or I invited myself, I really can't remember how that conversation went. I think it was more of the latter, but whatever. It ended up working when he was a guest on my podcast last year. That was back in April of 2019. And then there were all these other signs. You know, they say that you're never supposed to tell someone you should try the plant medicine ayahuasca. They're, if they're supposed to do it, they're going to hear about it. They're going to see some other signs. They're going to feel the whisper. They're going to hear the whispers and get the nudges. And that's just because you need to be ready and you need to step into it willingly. So I was getting all these other nudges as soon as Jack had mentioned it to me because I had been asked to do some private ceremonies in the past, but it just never was like, hell no. In fact, like no way. When he asked, I was so honored that he asked. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's like a once in a lifetime kind of an opportunity. Like, I don't think you passed that up. So I was curious and intrigued, but I was still so scared that there was no way I was actually going to go. And then there were a few more signs and a couple of other, you know, opportunities to join. And so then I finally shared it with my mom. And then it dawned on me, oh my gosh, my mom put at the top of her bucket list that she wanted to go to Rhythmia the day that they opened their doors. My mom was always on the most cutting edge of like the coolest things, right? With health, wellness, wholeness, spirituality, transformation, all of it. And so because of her, it gave me the leverage that that the ego and all the fear needed to have in order to be able to go. And so I said to my mom, who, by the way, says no to a lot that I ask her to do any kind of travel, less so these days, which is really cool. But in the past, it was like, do you want to do this? You want to fly here? You want to do that? You want to do this weekend? No, not really. Even for her birthday, like she's very selective about what she wants to do. She she really knows what she wants to do. I barely got the, the question out of like, would you want to go to Rhythmia with, and she was like, yes, 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 yes. Sign me up. Where do we do it? And so I was like, okay, I'll go for my mom. And I share a lot about that in the previous episodes, but that was the way that I needed to be shown would be my gateway to my transformation. How beautiful is that? Once again, my mother was my angel. She's introduced me to everything pretty much everything in my life that I have today and that I hold the closest to my heart, including all of the spiritual teachers and personal development teachers like Jack Canfield, like Tony Robbins, like Byron Katie, like Abraham Hicks. So when we were on our way there, I told her, don't be upset if I don't sip the plant medicine. She's like, I won't. And I knew she wouldn't. She wouldn't. She just doesn't judge me. And so... So I told her, like, I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, I'm probably not going to do it. So I'll say goodbye to you when you go into the Maloka and I'll go back to the hotel room and I'll do my thing and I'll welcome you with loving arms when you return. And she's like, okay. So the fact that I faced my fear, see, what I was most afraid of was seeing a snake. I don't like snakes. I don't like spiders. I'm especially terrified of tarantulas. I always have been. I can't even look at them online. Like, they fucking creep me out. And so, so... I had those really big fears of like, I don't want to see a snake. And I remember being in the shuttle, driving to Rhythmia and me saying to John Jacob Mubarak, who happened to be on my same flight, but I didn't know that he was on my flight because I didn't know who he was or what he meant to Rhythmia. But then as soon as we all get in this little van, because we were on that late night flight arriving to Costa Rica and we had like an hour, maybe an hour and a half uh, shuttle ride. And I was saying to him, okay, but honestly, like, am I going to see snakes? And he was like, I don't know what you're going to see, but I can tell you that whatever you see, you need to see because it's part of showing you who you've become. 
right? And it's also part of merging you back with your soul at all costs. I don't think he used those exact words then because they kind of wait until you get into the orientation to ease you in, which they do so beautifully. But I remember saying, I don't want to see a snake, man. If I see a snake, I'm going to freak out. Like, you know, and I was so afraid of seeing a snake. Well, you know what, y'all? Night one, a big ass snake came and slithered up into my journey. I mean, it felt like as big as about, I don't know, 20 feet long and four to five feet wide. So imagine that size of a snake and it slithered up. And I was so freaking terrified that I remember just like, I thought I was going to go into like cardiac arrest as I'm in the middle of this journey. I'm completely high on ayahuasca, but it's the weirdest thing. You know that you're safe. You know that you're in the room, but you're also somehow in this crazy other world. And so I remember being so afraid and I wanted to open my eyes and get out of the journey. And I kept hearing the words, show me who I've become, merge me back with my soul at all costs. And I was like, oh my goodness, is this the at all costs part? And so I looked the snake right in the eyes. And the second that I did that, she just batted her eyelashes and then just continued to slither up to me and did a little coup and fell asleep in the nook of my arms. No joke. I faced my fear. And that makes me want to cry. Because everything that we want is just on the other side of our fears. So what are we so afraid of that we won't even look at it? We won't even try it. We say, no, I could never. I don't do that. I'm not built that way. It's not for me. Where are we selling ourselves out? Because just on the other side, we could merge our soul. We could heal our heart. And so that allowed me to see what else in life was I so afraid of. I was afraid to announce myself as a light warrior. I was afraid to step into my power even more so. What would others think? I was still so fixated on the how and the strategies and the logistics of how the heck I was supposed to grow this business, right? Because I was, I had done well, no doubt I had tripled my business in 2019, but just like anybody I wanted more. I wanted to serve more, to grow more, to contribute more. I wanted my impact to be felt by more people so that they could have a transformation. But I didn't know how to do any of that. But I realized I was so afraid and I was holding on to what worked and what I thought was the solution. And I had to let go of all of that in order to get to the freedom and the flow, which is what this show was all about, right? Inspired action from an, uh, an awakened, aligned soul. And there's no fear in alignment, but you got to face your fears in order to get there. So what are you afraid of? Write it down. And I encourage you to face it one little step of bravery at a time. And by the way, you know what all the entire antidote to fear is? Action. So I was willing to open my eyes and to look it straight in the eyes. And then Mama Ayahuasca was just so beautiful, so gentle, so loving with me. That snake literally grew lashes, which was just so perfect for me. (laughs) And fluttered them at me. And then just went to sleep in my arms. Now, the third night, the divine feminine night, the night that I was burned over the coals, yep, um, I also had to face my fears. A tarantula, the tarantula spider, the size of my torso, came into my journey and wanted to crawl up onto my freaking chest. Even just thinking about it right now just freaks me out. And I don't remember looking into its eyes, but I remember that I faced it. And I just started looking at it and I knew that I was afraid, but I was like, okay, I knew enough to know this is not real. This is her showing me who I've become. This is a part of facing my fears. And so if I just look at it and just don't even just have it be neutral 
And so I noticed the black, shiny, I don't know, is that hair? I don't even know what you call it for a tarantula. I have not looked at a tarantula online since I've been home. But the moment that I was willing to look at it and to face it, it also fell asleep on my torso and the dissolved into nothing. Just like our fears. They're not real. They're never real. It's pretty amazing. Obviously, some things are real and you have to be, you have to choose discernment. But what's so cool and how this relates to now, seven and a half months later, is that throughout this pandemic, because we're now about almost five months in of the shutdown, the quarantine, you know, all of life having changed since mid-March 2020, I have experienced maybe 10 minutes max of fear probably five minutes of like, oh my God, when the lockdown happened and I had to pivot everything in my business and I worried that the business that I'd worked so hard to create and that I was so proud of, would it sustain? Would it survive? And I took immediate action and I enrolled in Jarek Robbins' Small Business Owner Mastermind, which I can't recommend highly enough. And I was also able to pivot all of my programs and, and prevail, not only survive, but thrive in these last five months. So that was the first thing. But the second thing around that was when George Floyd was murdered, I went into some unbelievable fear and anxiety around what does this mean for the future of all racial injustices? And is this truly who we are as a humanity? And it made me so sad, but it was just this fear of like, Are we ever going to learn? Are we ever going to do better? Are we ever going to acknowledge that black lives matter? Trans black lives matter. And this has to happen now. And what can be my part? How can I play a role in that? And I had some fear around that, that I wouldn't be able to, and that others wouldn't be able to, and that would this just pass? And it's just another one of those blips in history that we didn't learn from. And so that was probably another, you know, little blip in the fear. But in general, throughout this pandemic and all of the social injustices and inequality, I have been able to find peace, joy, and contentment by like 99%. And as a result, I have more harmony in my soul. My relationships are better and stronger and deeper than ever. And my business has more than doubled in these last almost five months. And they're about to expand beyond my wildest imagination with the collaborations and joint ventures that I mentioned earlier. That for me is incredible. The peace, joy, and contentment that I feel was something that on the fourth and final night of being in the Maloka, which was my most peaceful night, one of the shamans in the room said to me, you know, when you go into the journey tonight and you're asking for your heart to be healed, just simply repeat this mantra, peace, joy, and contentment. Peace, joy, and contentment is mine now. Peace, joy, and contentment. And I have never lost those words. And so somehow, through the magic of this plant medicine and me being willing to face my fears, being willing to forget some of the hurts and the pains that were causing me to hold on to some of my old stories and withholding my love freely, and then being able to open my heart because it was healed and I had merged back with my soul on multiple occasions, by the way, it felt like. I was able to live in this chronic state of peace, joy, and contentment, even during this pandemic, 
probably 99% of the time. Now, do stresses come up? Yes, but nowhere near what it was like pre-rhythmia. Now, yes, there's a lot of other things that play a role in this, right? You guys have been a part of my evolution for two years now. And for that, I'm deeply grateful for those of you who've been around since the beginning when I launched this podcast in June of 2018. And so, yes, I have continued to invest in mentors, spiritual teachers, various programs to take my life on a spiritual level, a professional level, a personal level to the next realm. And all of that matters. But I feel like Rhythmia catapulted me like a rocket ship on fire with all of the very best intentions for epic alignment so that I could rise up to become the queen that I once was in a previous life, so benevolent, so beloved, all because it was truly acts of service, just servant, heartfelt leadership in everything that I do, how I connect with my animals, my neighbors, people that I don't know, my family, the ones that it's so easy to take to take for granted, and my community, the community that I'm so grateful and honored to get to be a part of. It all happened in a quickening as a result of attending a rhythmia. So that's what I wanted to share. It's been a remarkable seven and a half months. And when I look back on where things really start to take off from the most peaceful state without any hustle, grit, and grind, which is what the show is all about, with ease, grace, and flow, and that things are now coming to me and are magnetized to me without any efforting, and that my soul feels so aligned and that just expansion feels like it's just my essential true nature. And then I know where to say yes, where to say no, and I don't even question it. Well, I might question it a little bit and be like, mom, what do you think? Or best friend, what do you think? And I already know, but I just need it to be validated. I know the second that I'm asking the questions and so do you, <laughs> but we got to get clean and clear and we got to get quiet enough to hear. So even if you never go to Rhythmia, I hope that you can take away some value from this. And if you did, I'd love to hear what the nuggets were. But if the themes were forgive, face the fears, and they'll tend to love with an open, clean heart, then I believe that you can heal your heart and merge your soul as well, right? Because that's the magic, but there is some work involved. You can go to that peaceful state now, but you don't want to spiritually bypass anything. You want to get to the place where you're not as triggered. You're not in reaction. You are living in intention. And my intention is to be in peace, joy, and contentment, to serve love in all things that I do, to live at my highest version of myself. And is it perfect all the time? No. But when I get caught up in reaction, I can own it quickly and resolve it by transmuting it because I'm able to identify it, claim it, and let it go. So I hope this has been of value to you today. And if it was, again, please let me know. Share it in an Instagram story or in an email to me. I'd always love to hear from you. I can be reached at, again, fireandsoulpodcast.com. And I'll leave all the resources that I mentioned here. Oh, my friends, thank you again for tuning into the show. Have a beautiful, epically aligned day. And I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Fire and Soul Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. And if you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at fireandsoulpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.